It's the Afternoon Cruise. I'm here with Michael Kane, a piano instructor and head of the Electronic Music Recording Arts at McPhail. And also... And dude who's just awesome to have in the studio and who has played and collaborated with everybody in jazz. Michael, I am just honored to be in your presence again today. Right on. Happy to be here, Sean. Now, we're celebrating Jack DeJohnette's birthday. He turns 81 years old today. You spent the better part of a decade recording and performing with Jack DeJohnette, so you were the first in my Rolodex and the only in my Rolodex who's <laughs> got that connection to Jack DeJohnette. Uh, before I get into my questions about the story of Jack DeJohnette, can you just talk a little bit about uh, your time playing with him and what you love about his work? Uh, everything. Played with him about nine years, close to 10 years, starting in 1990. Many albums, many different bands, starting with Special Edition. Yeah. Uh, I kind of came in with Greg Osby, Gary Thomas, Lonnie Plaxico. I took, there was a guitarist, Mick Goodrick, I took his spot. They were looking to shift. That's a whole story. And then we had different bands. We had a trio with a Bonsuri player, keyboards, Jack on drums, and a Indian flute. Uh, and then we had a band called Oneness with the uh, Don Elias and Jerome Harris on in that band. And Jack and I did a ton of other stuff. So, yeah, he's like, a, I consider him like a father. It sounds like you've lived a lifetime of music in a decade with this man because he was tirelessly innovative and exploring. I, I, I said past tense, the man's alive, the man's shining. He, he was constantly trying to do different things throughout his career and has been doing that. 100%. Was that, was there ever a time where you were like, Jack, why can't we just, play what we played last year or were you always with it for the exploratory spirit i was always with that's why i was there i think gotcha. that's something we share um so being around that feeling for, for me that was validating and i think for him it was like i was much younger at the time it was like oh good i got this young dude who wants to take these journeys with me and is willing to explore and do all that so we were we were a real team for that time now, Jack DeJohnette's story starts in Chicago, and one of the first people he starts working with, besides for playing some R&B and blues bands, which I think is important, is some really exploratory people, the Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians. When you worked with him, was that something that was an anchor in his life, something that he went back to when he was thinking about how to create music? Yeah, absolutely. Coming up in that environment um, at that time, around so many different types of musicians, and he started as a pianist. Yeah, until like 14 or 15 or something like mm -hmm, that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. That was really his main instrument. That's actually what he thought he was going to do until the drums kind of took hold. Um, but yeah, I think that upbringing really informed uh, kind of everything. But at the same time, you know, that was a really powerful transformative era that Jack came up in. Uh, and he, especially then getting an opportunity to connect with Miles at uh, such a... Such a a pivotal moment at a young age, you know, coming on the heels of Miles' classic quintet with Tony and, and Ron. The next iteration of that quintet was Jack on drums, Dave Holland on bass, Chikoria on keys, and Miles and Wayne were the horn section. Jack, you know, one thing about Jack is he's recorded and videotaped almost everything he's ever done. He's really an archivist. And one of the great joys of being around him all those years is certainly making the music. We've toured the world many times. Um, but he used to love to sit down. I used to love, and he would play these recordings and these videotapes that only he has. And then he might pause it at a moment and say, okay, what do you, what do you think Miles just did there? And he, and I would say, maybe he took a solo on, you know, I might have some observation. And he would highlight something that was so specific, so unique, that only that community of musicians would really know as a lesson for me. Yeah. Like a way to think about, no, I know it sounds like that, but what he was really doing was X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. 
and I would just be blown away by these. Uh, these they were lessons. Really. They were teachings yeah. uh, that were just incredibly insightful. Uh, that I still live today, and I still they still show up in my teaching as well. I'm chatting with Michael Kane. Speaking of your teaching, he's a piano teacher and head of the Electronic Music Recording Arts at McPhail. And we're talking about Jack DeJunette. Jack DeJunette turns 81 years old today. He's had a storied career. He is still with us. And he spent about nine years having Michael Kane uh, with him at the piano. And you spoke a little bit just now, Michael, about uh, Jack DeJunette coming in in 1969, replacing Tony Williams, an, an iconic musician, and then probably even breaking more boundaries with all the sounds of Rhodes keyboards, right. all the sounds of these really forward-thinking live albums that DeJunette was a part of in the early 1970s. And at some point, he brings Keith Jarrett into Miles's fold, if I understand. That, yes, Jack was the the one who brought Keith to Miles. So we got to tip our hat to to Jack for that, and we mm-hmm. also got to tip our hat to the fact that uh, after that time, uh, Jack DeJunette, uh, Gary Peacock, and Keith Jarrett became this very important trio that exclusively navigated the standards. You have this man who's playing with Michael Caine doing very forward thinking, what can we do with all these different flute sounds, all these different instruments, electronics, and then he also had this fundamental loyalty towards standards. Can you, it's not a dichotomy, I think, to anybody. It just means you love music. Can you talk a little bit about what you think about his work with the standards trio? Uh, well, his, his relationship with Keith goes so far back and then, and their connection is so incredibly strong. Um, so that, that's kind of really where you start. You know, the thing about Jack is, uh, it, where most of us tend to think in styles or particular genres. Um, I don't think Jack does. I think I I don't, I can't, I don't recall any music style that he uh, didn't like, didn't access, wasn't listening to. Um, He wanted to be a part of it all. I mean, all over the world and was really proactive in that. I'll share one thing with you along those lines. I think that highlights that, that this is something I don't think anybody, I think there's very few people on the planet who know this. Um, We were hanging out one time and uh, we were talking about all these different, I grew up loving a a wide range. I loved a lot of rock. I loved a lot of pop, funk, you name it. Um, And uh, at one point Jack said, man, you know, uh, he's been on thousands of records. He says the one band uh, that I wish I could have played in above all bands of all artists. And I'm thinking, who could this be? You play with Miles, you play with Bill Evans. I mean, you go down the list. Who on earth earth could this be? And he said, I wish I was the drummer for Yes. <laughs> he said, because, and then he went and described why. Because I would have, I loved the rock thing that they were doing. I could really relate to it. And I would have bridged it with some of the more expansive sensibilities that we were doing with Miles in that. He goes, I felt like I could have taken that element and really brought it into a whole other types of worlds. Man, that is is a tribute to how wide open Jack DeJunette's ears are. We're celebrating him on his 81st birthday. I'm with Michael Caine. We're going to talk more, and we're also going to listen to some of the music that Michael and Jack made together. Right now, let's just get a little taste of Spanish Key from some of the first recordings that Jack DeJunette did with Miles Davis on Bitches Brew. We'll be back with you momentarily. 
Michael Kane is a piano teacher as well as the head of the Electronic Music Recording Arts Program at McPhail. And on top of that, he is an internationally renowned pianist and composer. And he's been nice enough to spend some time chatting about Jack DeJanet, his longtime collaborator who turns 81 years old today. We're going to get into Jack DeJanet in a minute. But Michael Kane, anything going on in your universe? You got anything on the books coming up musically, performatively, just anything you're excited about? Uh, busy time. Yeah. yeah, some recordings I've been involved with. Uh, this upcoming year, I have a uh, a commission with the Boston Ballet. I'm going to be uh, writing some music with them, performing with the orchestra in the spring. So we're already dialing up that music. That's super exciting. Um, and I've developed a new uh, mobile app. Oh, wow. uh, that's a music creation app called Eque, E-K-W-E. And it's really a fun way to explore music creation. Uh, we've recorded 150 music instruments from around the world with some amazing musicians. I could talk about who the artists were. And uh, it's a real fun, simple tool that allows people to explore these instruments and create. Imagine like a wiki of instruments, but then you could explore, not just read about them, you can make your own music with them. Not just hear uh, one minute of the djembe, but actually start you working work with, with it. Work with it, jam with it, create with it, compose. So software... Uh, 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 co-founder of a software company in the midst of everything else, which is uh, uh, hard to doesn't even sound right when I say that. It's hard to believe. But. Hey, listen, we're glad you're doing it all and you're doing some really spectacular work. Now, you did some spectacular work with Jack DeJanet. Worked with him for close to 10 years. And this is about 1990, you mentioned, when you got started. You're a young musician in New York. And for Jack DeJanet to connect with a young, promising, um, you know, growing musician is not a surprise. This is a man who has tracked with Esperanza Spalding. You just mentioned that he was, a, like, truly into living color during their run in the 1980s and 1990s. Jack DeJanet seems to be somebody who also thrives off of working with the new group of musicians oh, who are making it happen. What do you think is important to somebody like Jack DeJanet about connecting with young players? Yeah, that would be something also that I, I wouldn't directly say that comes from Miles, but there is a, a real tradition uh, that goes back. I, I would think you could put Duke Ellington and, and many others in that, where you have the elder, seasoned, experienced musician mm -hmm. with that vantage point playing with the young musician at who's brand new, who's bringing all kind of new energy together. When you bring those two forces together, you can often get magic. That's Tony Williams in right. Miles' band, who was 19, I believe, when he started coming, who thought, as stories I hear, he thought it was his band. And Miles loved that. Yeah. And uh, all those musicians that Miles kind of helped mentor and bring, and Miles being the kingmaker that he, he was, um, they all shared that. They all shared that. And there's something I was registering early on, um, how how that how important that is for both parties. You know, I could see how important it is because I thought I knew everything. Um, I didn't think I was the greatest musician in the world, but I thought I had clear ideas. And, you know, I thought I was, oh, we should do this and we should do that. And I was and Jack would laugh and be like, definitely, let's try that. At the same time, I, I was very aware of how much I was being mentored. Yeah. And uh, how much I was learning and 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 what a gift uh, he was giving me to allow me to be around him, be in his band, to do these tours. Um, our first gig ever was Mount Fuji Jazz Festival for 45,000 people. You, I was so scared. I don't even remember the gig, although I remember hanging out extensively over those three days with Chick Corea because Chick wanted to know who, who did Jack get on keyboard. Right. That's the world that Jack was really initiating me into and bringing me into. And I would have no words to express my gratitude for that. So um, 
I, that, that's how Jack, he came up in that, and I think many others did that. And that's a tradition that, you know, hopefully can continue. Elders need the youth, and youth need the elders. We need each other. Oh, Michael Caine, you are, you are making me so happy. I love talking to you. I love hearing <laughs> about your time with Jack DeJanet. I want to play a little bit of the music that you made with Jack DeJanet. We're going to listen to a tune. I went through a, a Michael Caine and Jack DeJanet, uh, you know, rabbit hole, and found this tune, Priestesses of the Mist, uh, from an album called Oneness. That you did Jerome Harris on guitar, Don Alias on percussion, Don Elias. Elias. Elias, yep. my bad. Uh, Michael Caine, yourself on piano, and then Jack DeJanet on drums. We're going to listen to the tune Priestesses of the Mist. Thank you for helping us celebrate uh, Jack DeJanet's birthday, turning 81 years old today. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. 